Hey everybody, it's Monica. Just wanted to jump in real quick before this episode to say that if you are thoroughly enjoying Bonus Experience and you want to support us, it would be really, really helpful if you would go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever, and leave us a five-star review and tell everyone just how great and funny you think we all are. That'll help us get visibility and I'll help more people enjoy our show. Please like us, please subscribe to us, please leave a good review, and thank you very much and enjoy today's episode. Known Dr. Pepper Imposters. I'll give you some of my favorites. Doctor okay. Ah, A A H H. Doctor Ah. <laughs> Doctor Best. Doctor Better. Doctor Bob is a is a big one. I of saw course, Doctor Bob. Yeah, I saw that giant brand. Doctor Bob. Doctor Cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. It's just honest. Doctor Cheaper. Do- Doctor Enough. <laughs> Doctor Enough. <laughs> Doctor Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Doctor Fine. It's not great, but it's fine. <laughs> Doctor Good Guy. Paging Doctor Good Guy. <laughs> Doctor Plutes. No, no, thank you. P L O O T S. Doctor Plutes. No, 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 thank you. Do you have Pepsi? <laughs> Dr. Salt. That doesn't sound very good at all. Also, just a person. Just a person. Just a person. That's just a real person, Dr. That's Salt. That's just a man's name. That's just a man's name. Oh, here's 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 my favorite. I'm going to stop at this one okay. because this is hands down the best off-brand Dr. Pepper name. All right, all right. Lay it on me. I'm ready. Dr. Whatever. <laughs> Dr. Whatever. Although, Dr. Ah is very good. <laughs> it's scream at own ass. Hey, we're bonus experience. Hey, I'm Monica. Oh, I'm Ray. I'm drinking a health potion right now, so you might some of the refreshment coming down the line there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh. I have a I have a ginger Energy. ale, a real like a craft brew soda ginger ale. I love the crafty, like small brewery ginger because the ginger is so fucking sharp. Yeah, this is a punch in a in a bottle. Yeah, it it stabs you in the face. It does, and that sounds um, terrible. But no. sometimes you need like that no, really no, no. spicy. It's like, like a spicy it's drink, but it's good. Yeah, no ginger is spicy in like not a capsaicin way. There's a really great sushi place here, which you wouldn't think. Those you know, I live in a landlocked state. You wouldn't think there'd be a place to get really good sushi. But there's a place here called Sushi House that does really good sushi. They also make their own ginger ale. And it's real fucking good. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm kind of out of my sushi phase. So I'm like, no, I'll get like the, like the, like the ramen or something. But I always get the fucking ginger ale because it's really, really good. I almost asked a bunch of questions that would have made me sound real stupid with regard to American geography. Kansas is entirely landlocked. Oh, yeah, it is. But no I was way. like, river. <laughs> you don't know that. River. Oh, there is a river. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you could really make a very good sushi with river fish. It sounds like it's got to be a saltwater fish thing, right? I, oh, know, now I got to look it up okay. later. I'm going to get some angry emails or something about river fish sushi. I don't know. Margaret's probably going to edit a lot of that out. <laughs> Margaret knows a lot about sushi, so she'll she'll fill me in later, okay. I'm sure. 
uh, um, we're, we're bonus experience. Right, yep, we we're a that. podcast <laughs> with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We swear. Die mad about it. Die mad about it. Go to Dr. Whatever and he will pronounce you dead. <laughs> He'll be like, whatever, man. I'm a spiced cherry drink. I... <coughs> Fuck. Sorry. So today we're going to talk about um, the, the daunting task of running a complete campaign. Um, and I guess you're going to kind of interview me about it? Yeah, this is not exactly an area of my expertise. I'm I'm pretty focused on like small like i'm very dangerous over short distances i like one shots i like very short contained things i i'm not so great at the running a complete campaign thing an ambush not an ambush predator yeah an ambush predator (laughs) i was thinking (laughs) of pursuit predator and then i got him and i said yeah it's true i said the correct (laughs) thing and then was like no that's wrong (laughs) (laughs) but running a complete campaign is a thing i have done several times yeah i normally uh I have I have just a little bit of the ADD. And, I mean, uh, I also have a lot of the ADD. That's true. That's not a good. Ex- that's not a good excuse, is it? Because you got a lot of ADD and you can do this. I'm just not very good at right at doing full campaigns. I'll get started and then I'll think of some completely different game that I want to run and end up stopping the full one. So this is all gonna be like me, like really throwing them like hard and fast at you. Okay, throw them hard um, and fast at me. My body is ready. Okay. What? My okay. Bo- my body is ready. <laughs> All right, clench your glutes. Here it comes. Uh, how do you start planning for a campaign? Do you come up with a concept first and then lead people into Cherigen? Or do you like say, okay, what kind of characters do you guys want to play? Okay, let me come up with something based on that. We could argue about how to pronounce Cargen, Chergen, Carcare. Chairgen? I say chairgen, and that's because it's never been said to me out loud, so now it sounds like... It is a word I'm that exists gen- <laughs> only for use on the internet, and I have never heard anybody pronounce the actual abbreviation of character Car- Car- character Car- generation Car- gen- out Car- loud. Chairgen? Chairgen? Character generation. No, I don't care. Character, character <laughs> creation. Char- Why are you dodging the question? Yeah, excuse you. Listen to this hardcore journalism. Pinning me to the spot. I clenched my glutes for you. <laughs> so for me, it's concept first, like, pretty much always. Um, and I have to do this so people don't make things that are wildly left field of the plan. Uh, I've had people make sort of offbeat concepts, and sometimes they either, like, get pushed to the wayside, and then that person doesn't have any fun because they sort of made this weird out-there character, and then it's sort of hard to... Excuse me while the ginger beer catches up with me. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of hard <laughs> no, to like keep them enfolded into the plot if it's about something very specific. Um, okay. And usually I like have a real specific hook when I start a thing. Um, I think I brought this up in our first episode. Like I ran a D&D 4th edition campaign that was specifically about the survivors of this uh, collapsed kingdom having to escape into the wilderness to find allies, get support, and come back and reclaim their nation from invaders. That's the hook. And if you build something that has nothing to do with any of that, you've made a character that doesn't fit into the story at all. So would you say that um, kind of guiding character generation is is a crucial part of coming up with a campaign as opposed to like a, a short burst game? So for me, yes, definitely. Definitely. 
Um, I wonder if that's where I struggle because I tend to be pretty much like, yeah, make whatever you every want. Every time I've ever, I've ever been like, yeah, make whatever you want and I'll make it work. Or like, hey, how about you guys tell me what you want and I'll make it work. I can't make it work. Okay. I get like three or four sessions in and I'm like, that wasn't my idea, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Bored now. Bored now. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. I guess maybe some of it is because it has to be my own idea and I do care. And like we talk about player engagement and you as the GM have to be engaged too. Um, and if I can get everybody on board with my hook, which is usually not like I don't write a book beforehand. Um, I don't I think you should be wary of over planning. Um, I think it's really mm-hmm. important to have like a page, like a Word doc page, however many words it is, like 700. Okay. Of this is the concept I have. Build your characters around it. Okay. So when you when you do something like that, do you drop like a like almost a Wikipedia article on them? Like here here's the gritty here's the nitty gritty here's the details here's what you need to know, or or do you kind of go more the fiction route like? Like trying to give the the feel of the setting as opposed I, to the details. You know, I'm I wonder if I have one hanging out in my drive, but I like write up a rap sheet that's like, this is the hook. Make your characters accordingly. All right. Okay. Hey, I found um those would be kings, which is the rap sheet for that fourth edition campaign I was talking about, which is eight pages long. Oh, <laughs> that's seven hundred words. So what you did was you not just not only lay out the setting, but like from the very beginning, like here's the different ways the campaign could begin. Like you could go here, you could go here, you could go here, you could go here. Yep. I like that approach a lot. That kind of, I don't know, I, I, I think for a campaign, one of the reasons that I end up having so much trouble is I start so completely open-ended and I end up with so many different dis- disparate like goals that it's hard for me to keep everybody like on the same path. Um, what's your planning process? Like how much do you end up planning and what do you leave up in the air? Uh, I don't understand the meaning of the word plan, <laughs> <laughs> which is to say that we've already talked about how I use tent poles and I use bus tickets and um, like usually a lot of my thought goes immediately into that rap sheet. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. the reason it's eight pages long is also because I had in there um, updated character creation rules. Um, I had like reskinned a bunch of races. Like there aren't weren't any elves. I rolled all elves into El- Eladrin. So half elf is half El- Eladrin instead. And uh, halflings were monkey people instead of hobbits. Damn. Okay. Uh, and then like uh, just a, a um, like different look at everything for this bronze empire or setting idea. Which apparently I had thought about a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Thanks. How many people did you run this game for? Um, so I'm pretty sure this game, and you're going to fall out of your chair, but had 12 people in it, but it was two different games. What the fuck? <laughs> so you were running two concurrent games in the same setting? Yes, they met on two different... I think they alternated week. Like, it was the same night of the week, but one group was one week, one group was the other week, because I was like, hey, I really want to run D&D. Who wants to play? And, like, everybody said yes, and then I was like, okay, cool, um, I'm free on Wednesday from 6 to 9. Who's free on Wednesday from 6 to 9? And that usually that weeds out the week. <laughs> <laughs> 
and everybody was like, oh yeah, we can all make Wednesday from 6 to 9 work. And so I was like, oh my god, I either have to tell people no, which now that I'm grown, uh, I probably would. I don't know. Or just <laughs> split it into two games and run them on alternating weeks. And Jesus, so right. they started in, I, there was also a shared map, and they started in two different points on the map with the same plot. And then what happened in one game influenced what happened in the other game. Uh, oh, that's really cool, though. And then eventually one group sort of petered out and the other group finished, I think. All right. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that game didn't finish. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun and I had a lot of people in my living room on Wednesday nights every other week. <laughs> <laughs> or every week, rather. Um, so I, I, I'm going to ask this question, even though I know there's not much point to it. Do you DM notes? Sometimes I keep a notebook if I'm feeling particularly ambitious. <laughs> or like, uh, or running two games uh-huh, set in the same yeah. universe, and I have to actually remember things. Um, and I mean, yes, a, a notebook, physical notebook that I write in by hand, and then can't read later. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's great. I have <laughs> I have incredible handwriting. Leaving yourself encrypted notes. Mm-hmm. So you just trust your brain to keep it all together? Yes. Damn. Would you recommend that for other people? Uh, do you have a brain that can keep it all together? Um, it depends. If you do, <laughs> then sure. And if you don't, God, keep no. notes. <laughs> keep notes. All right, that's easy. Um, how do you, how the how the fuck do you finish a game? Like, how do you commit to the long term? Okay, we've been playing this for months now without getting bored. <sighs> so, there's not a good answer to that question. How do I commit to finishing? Let me tell you, I've run dozens of games, and I think I can count the games that have completed on one hand. Mm, okay. So, like, it's not a failing if you don't finish, because, like, sometimes you finish of no fault of your own. Don't finish of no fault of your own. Somebody moves away. Somebody has a baby. Somebody gets a new job. Somebody's hours change. Somebody can't do Wednesdays anymore. Somebody's family has a crisis. Somebody's car breaks down. Somebody just gets bored and stops showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get somebody gets offended and quits. Uh, two people break up. Shit happens. Like life happens most of the time because a campaign a campaign didn't finish was because shit happened and we couldn't continue because we didn't have all the people. Okay. Usually, how the ones that do finish were because I rode the wave of engagement. I mean, that's it, really. Like I read the audience, aka my players and myself, and made sure that, like, I was checking in with their energy levels and that people were still committed and that they were still engaged and that, like, they wanted to keep going. And there will be a point at which people don't want to keep going. And then it's time to start wrapping up. Okay, so you kind of basically just, like, read the room. You gotta read the room. And try to end on a high note. Yeah. All right. I mean, I I think I have noted later, I don't, I can't teach you how to do that. It's just sort of a learn-it-as-you-go. Yeah, it's sort of a learn-it-as-you-go thing. Like, I don't, I guess it's also kind of an empathy thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, can you teach that? I don't. Like, paying attention to how people feel. Yeah, paying attention <laughs> so, to how people feel is kind Sometimes of, kind you're of, just not, you know, good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta figure it out, though. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, I'm gonna get some hate mail for this, but men are kind of bad at it. Yeah. But, you know. <sighs> That's, you know, that's the culture of toxic masculinity. They're taught that they shouldn't be good at it. Yeah. Because then they're often might be gay. Yeah, you won't be gay. And that's, that's terrible. It is. <laughs> well, that men have to deal with that is terrible. Yeah. 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 So anyway, you know. 
but but how how do you keep it fresh like how do you show up possibly like week by week to the same setting and the same characters and 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 keep it like you know keep your focus meter high well like so i used to say this about running exalted at least and i um I mean, I completed it through the Breach campaign, but that was actually because I was running off of a module. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran off a module, and then the players, like, didn't care much for the actual module's ending, and they were like, well, we did all this other stuff, do you want to keep going? And I was like, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll complete the story arc that you guys created. So, like, yeah, okay. the actions of players, as long as you are engaging them and you are not railroading them in the bad way see our episode art of railroading um <laughs> <laughs> margaret's almost done with that one good it's, it's um, turned out pretty good i'm really excited to listen to that one uh so i think it's gave away how deep into our buffer we are <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah we um if they're not you're not railroading them in the bad way like if you have a if you are listening to your players choices and you're letting them make choices and you're letting them make interesting choices and giving them places to go that is fruitful uh, their actions will continue to create more plot. You don't have to write all the plot. Like, you're not a novelist hunched over a desk. You are an p- active participant in a game collaboratively building a story. So <laughs> what you should be doing is paying attention to the choices that were made uh, and then responding to them. Um, did someone piss off the prince in the last vampire game like directly or indirectly did she spit in the messenger's face and tell him that his father was a hamster and his mother smelled of elderberries or whatever and <laughs> like at the, at the time maybe she got away with it rolled well or whatever but like uh, ever played a telltale game yeah <laughs> yeah you know what okay we i'm good i'm going the vampire prince this. will remember this right so-and-so will remember this. Which I think is one of the ways Powered by the Apocalypse says think off-screen. Yeah, that should that should be a Powered by the Apocalypse move. Just NPC uh, will yeah, remember so, this. Well, like, so-and-so will remember this is both good and bad, right? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes so-and-so will remember this because you did a good thing, and sometimes so-and-so will remember this because you did a bad thing. And, like, just because someone has dodged the social consequences for now doesn't mean it couldn't become an interesting plotline later where they find themselves... Uh, trying to requisition resources to go fight the werewolves and they've been stymied because the person you know our character who our example character spit in the face of previously remembered that and was like well (laughs) you know i'm entangled in this vampire society so i'm going to prevent you from doing this you can you can either get your resources elsewhere or or deal with the with the werewolves on your own and so you haven't blocked them off from that path you've created a new choice Right. And sometimes players choose to go, well, I'm going to kill everybody in this room. And then that still, like, creates more consequences, right? It doesn't, it snowballs. It doesn't ever dead end. And I I think that's one of the, uh, one of the things I really liked about the uh, Blades in the Dark. Well, I guess they, they borrow this pretty, they mod it pretty heavily from uh, Apocalypse World, the the countdown clocks, Mm -hmm. where if, if it's like, okay, this is a thing that should have consequences, but not immediate consequences, you just start a clock. And I I always, I always really liked that. And I guess that works in with your idea that um, this isn't, this isn't like, this obviously isn't the GM show. You're not alone in, in writing this whole like thing. You gotta pay attention to what the player's doing. But you could always, like, every time, you know, she spits in this guy's face, you, like, start a clock for, like, vampire McFuck face. 
<laughs> really yeah, like vampire bureaucrat or is mad clock you know yeah, and then every time you know you feel like it take another thing on there and then as soon as it's full it's like oh guess what here's a new plot event that you guys gotta deal with yeah i guess essentially what i'm saying is that i have always kind of made clocks in my head yeah like i didn't and then i would just sort of pull them back like i turn them into tent poles because i do everything really abstractly and like pull them back out later when it would be dramatically appropriate what was that question i think i started with how do you commit to finishing right. and i was like but no seriously <laughs> the <only laughs> problem is i get bored how do i not get bored help me i can't tell you how to not get well okay so let me i think okay I, no, maybe you gave I me can, a really good answer i think i can tell you how to not get bored and that is to give yourself structure and then yeah. to to initially give yourself structure like you have to set boundaries on yourself you need a, a stevie lynn to to to, <laughs> to produce you <laughs> Uh, so you have to give yourself boundaries, which is basically what I did with that, uh, those Ruby Kings entry. I put boundaries around myself. I put boundaries around my player characters. And, like, people would be like, that's real, Rody. And I'm like, no, it's structure. Yeah. It's structure. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Like, you can be mad that I've put walls up, but it's structure. You need, like, you live in a house because it has structure. You bridges work because they have structure stories work right. because they have structure and that and that's the reason i think why a lot of my attempts to run fate from my table game failed is i started with like no structure at all beyond hey we're gonna play fate and i didn't start with like any of the pre-made settings or anything like that i was just like what do you guys want to do and they were always like like it, it it left us really unmoored and i've and i've now been like trying to backpedal and like okay let, let's try a different approach to fate but we'll play like camelot trigger instead because you got to bring in the structure they like nobody knows where to begin with it yeah structure yourself structure your players begin with a few structured sessions like and i mean like the high general has told you that you have these three choices pick one there are these three choices pick one Right. Like, and this is just to begin with. I'm not saying that you have to always structure every session that way, but it's a good way to begin. Pick one of these three. Pick door number one, door number two, number three. You pick. I've given you a choice, but it has to be one of these three things. It is okay to say that. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's structured. And then past that, it becomes open world after that. Play through the tutorial and then it becomes open world. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And so... I find, at least I would find this when I ran Exalted. I don't know if it will happen with other games, but like um, I would structure the beginning and then there would be a point at which um, the players would take the story from me because that was, because Exalted characters are so powerful and so narratively world shaping. And there would be a point at which I would realize that I wasn't planning sessions anymore based on what I wanted to do. I was writing material based on what everybody else had done. Okay. So it's at a certain point, jamming kind of becomes reactive. Yes. Like now I'm just structuring things based on the consequences of what you guys have already done. Right. All and right. then like what I will do is come back in next session and be like, Hey, golden fart kicker. You, <laughs> you know, like you said at the end of last session, you were looking into you know, the god of peas and want to find his, his, like, his celestial sanctuary. <laughs> Let's begin with that. And then, like, I have these NPCs or whatever who are just going to help Golden Fart Kicker. Golden Fart Kicker. Uh, you know, seek out the god of peas. That was my, my, my past life, my previous exaltation, Golden Fart Kicker. 
and I, I wield his his mighty diclave, uh, <laughs> broken wind. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck, that's actually like a pretty good name for <laughs> broken wind. Yeah, mm. broken wind. This is this is my my power bow, broken wind. Broken wind. Um, so what is your favorite <laughs> way G, to power bow, broken wind? Choice. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to write the evocation tree for Broken Wind, the power bow. <laughs> the opening charm is he who smelt it. <laughs> <laughs> the pinnacle is silent, comma, deadly. <laughs> okay. Right, that's anyway, enough. That's enough. I could make fart jokes all night. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, what's your favorite way to handle player advancement in a long-term game? How do you how do you keep PC power from creeping beyond the spo- the scope of your campaign? Uh, so I personally think that story-driven advancement is just literally the best thing ever. Um, it's sort of the way Fate does it with milestones, um, kind of the way Power by the Apocalypse does a version of it with like playbook completion choices. You know how. I'm going to think of Plays in the Dark because that was the last one I played. Like, um, where it's like, if you were in a desperate situation, Mark 1 XP, that sort of thing. Yeah. Which is not based around, like, stuff happening, but it's based on, like, or rather, and based on, like, the session being complete, it's based on stuff happening, is what I meant to say. Yeah, and, and Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, and so, so, certain hacks, like uh, Monster of the Week, it's like, if you fail a roll, mark an experience. Yeah, right. So I've had people, like, level up in the middle of sessions because <laughs> they did so fucking bad on their rolls. <laughs> Or level I, up, advance. I think Power by the Apocalypse maybe has probably my favorite version of the way experience works. Like, it's narrative-driven, and then uh, so many ticks on the box get you a new thing. Yeah. And, like, it's always a fixed number. So many ticks in the box get you a thing based on doing these narrative things. So it really encourages you to, like, continue to, to play and to, to be involved in... Yeah, and, there, and then there's the tiered advancements. Like, there's right. a set that you can get just whenever. And then there's, once you've got five of the basic advancements, you can get these fucking awesome ones. And I love there's always one that's, like, your character retires to safety. Like, you're now, like, narratively immune. Nothing bad will happen to you. You get to be happy ever after kind of a thing. I, I don't know. I like I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a from a design standpoint... I think the days of like old school white wolf experience should be over. Yeah. Uh, There's no need to do anything like that. Uh, There was no need to do it beforehand. The value of statting up things has been overrated. It let just to continue to use exalted as a punching bag, spending 15 XP to go to a cast ability at five was like, okay. I mean, it's my charms that are, it's really my charms that are the important thing design-wise, right? Like, because they're the things that give me my superpowers and let me, you know, punch god teeth in. Mm -hmm. And, like, change the shape of the world itself and, like, travel vast distances in the blink of an eye. They're they're the stuff that that make the game interesting, not Melee 5. Yeah, but then you needed Melee 5 to get really good Melee charms. They were, they was just like a gatekeeping it's just a gatekeeping thing and like it artificially inflates how long the game needed to go because you were only supposed to give like four xp a session Mm -hmm. yeah which you never did i never did (laughs) um i'd be walking away with like 10 to 12 experience a session my god is usually eight how do you handle like pc power creep in in situations like that if you're playing a game like prior editions of exalted 
where that can go fuck nuts real quick. Sometimes you'll overshoot. Whoops, too powerful. Oh, you mean like the loophole that allowed me to get to Essence 6 before the end of the campaign? Yes. <laughs> Lots of people really wanted to cheat to Essence 6 many times. Because it was supposed to be the unattainable, and yet there were rules for attaining it. Attaining it, yeah. <laughs> not... There were all these cool things you could get at Essence 6. They just should have left it the fuck edition. out. Not a good example of good design. No, that's okay. I still like it. I, I, but yeah. I, it's a good, bad example, so I keep bringing it up. Also because I know I'm not really going to offend anybody by pointing out that Exalted Second Edition was kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll overshoot, whoops, too powerful, and then, like, maybe it's time to wrap things up. Uh, well, you guys have end- ended the power curve, so... Yeah. I mean, but I also... Let's like... go punch God and, and, and end and, the and, world and, real quick. And you want to get shawarma? Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I also like things absurdly powerful, so, to be honest, Riley, this has been an issue. All right. Um, like, oh, we're we're at the point where we're thinking like wrestling the Kukla is a cool idea, and I'm like, cool, let's go do it. <laughs> yeah, fuck all right, let me stab him. Fuck up all right, yeah. Let me just make up some rules. Let me put that big beefy arm on his back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dish out all the consummate V's that I need. <laughs> but to be honest, for for other things like I do, I've, I'm I'm implementing this for my current through the breach game and. um I did it for D&D 4th edition too, where, like, if you have a leveling system and, like, the leveling system is is grounded in, say, like, constantly fighting monsters, let's call let's call out D&D. Yeah. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> let's, well, give, like, let's give Exalted a break for a bit. Let's give Exalted a break for a minute. And I'm going to call out all versions of D&D, except for the old school ones where that was based around getting treasure, but that's right. neither here nor there. But, like, so if your experience system is cached in combat encounters, then you incentivize only combat encounters, right? Right. And if your players want to do other things, then there's no benefit to doing it. So usually what I've done in that case, like if players want to do more things like explore or make friends or, you know, politic or whatever, uh, I just carve the level system out, which is not to say that I don't, the characters don't level up, but rather that I don't bother with experience and rather have like a tick line of number of encounters until. Okay. Yeah. And then so like, two big major encounters like boss level fights might get you another level. So sort of milestoning it a little bit. Yeah, milestoning it instead of someone having to keep track of XP. God Mm -hmm. fucking help you if you're playing an edition where people level up differently. (laughs) I can see, like... For it almost seems like novel at this point. Like, oh, we could all be different levels, <laughs> and then it's like, not oh, that's, novel. That sounds fun. Let's try that for two sessions. But for a whole campaign now, it's like, oh, this like this fucking Stone Age is. Like, there's a better way now. Yeah, there's a better way. You don't have to do that. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. <laughs> all the old school people are gonna come out of the woodwork for my skin. I don't think that. <sighs> Honestly, at this point, I don't think there's any old school people listening. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I think they saw two women, two queer women. Ooh, they like the new like indie tether pigs. Ew, and that was the end of that. Te- Did you just call them tether pigs? Yeah, why? <laughs> Is that not right? T T R P G. Tether pigs. Tether pigs. Tether pigs. Really. Um, I, I can't be the only person who says that. You're the only person in this conversation who oh, says that. Shit. 
Well, get on my level. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't, I don't refer to tabletop RPGs as tetter pigs. Well, now I guarantee you <laughs> that anyone else has left as soon as I said tetter pigs. Oh, hi, my dog is here. Hi, Beanie. He's got his big dopey face right in my lap. Hey, do you have to go outside? I'm fuddling with your flaps. Maybe I can get you to say something for the podcast. Can I just make you go... He can't close his mouth all the way. Uh-huh. I mean, he can close his mouth, but he can't. His lips don't cover his jaw. So there's always just a little bit of gum showing because he's a big dopey bulldog. I was just about to ask you what kind of dog he was. He's an English bulldog. Um, and we're, we take very good care of him. So he's not like grossly obese and he can breathe. Oh, <laughs> like, those are, that's good. We do our best with Beanie. He does have hypercaratosis, which means he grows a big callus on top of his nose. So I Aww. have to give, I have to put coconut oil on top of it to keep it moist and to keep that callus from growing. But he, oh, there you go. Wood. He hates it. He hates having anything on his face. So I have to come up on him when he's napping. <laughs> Just <laughs> slab, slab it on his what? What do you want? What we're gonna... We're gonna... <laughs> okay, there you go. He kind you of got sounds, a dog sound. He kind of sounds like Liam Neeson is the thing. I will find you. I will kill you. <sighs> a silverfish just climbed up my wall. Ew! I'm gonna, gonna kill it. Hang on. Oh, where's the cat? Get a cat. No, they're locked out of the room right now. Alright, hold on a second, I gotta kill this motherfucker. Okay. Get a load of that dog. Get a okay. load of that dog! Alright. Get a load of that dog! Are you rapping to your dog? Get a load of that dog. I got I gotta let this I gotta let this dog out so he can right, go right. to the bathroom. Right, we're almost done, so He's making his Liam Neeson noises at me. Okay, so Okay. Where do we find us? On the internet. Uh, I'm <laughs> Well, you oh, can well. find me on twitter at uh ray underscore cole that's my name i'm on the twitter at zenith sun the actual podcast is on twitter at bonus exp cast uh you can also find our website bonus exp uh and if you want to send us some listener mail uh, we'll answer your jamming questions we'd love to hear about your characters or your campaigns or your house rules um, or if you found a picture of a cool dog. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. we like... We'll I get a little bit dog. more of a cat person, but I do like <laughs> pictures of dogs. That's a great cat right there. Yeah, show us your cool... Show us How your many videos will I quote in a single episode? <laughs> show us your dogs. Snakes, I like snakes. Snakes, lizards. Like lizards and Really birds. cute lizards. Birds. Show us your pets. <laughs> Every kind of dog you have. Yeah, and you can send that to bonusexpcast at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, everybody out. Ah, okay. Then uh, remember, change it if you want to. Change it if you want to. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the attribution non-commercial Creative Commons license. And our cover art is by Nino Studios. 
Thanks for listening, and don't forget to save your charm action for a perfect defense. <laughs>